0: Hi, this is Aura with Catholic Girl. Today we're going to be going over May 3rd's, uh, 4th Sunday of Easter readings. Uh, The first reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, uh, chapter 2, verses 14 through 41. Uh, Here we hear a reading from the Acts of the Apostles and again it's Peter standing up talking to the eleven and he's raising his voice and he's proclaiming. And one of the things he proclaims is that God has made both Lord and Christ this Jesus whom you crucified. And I like this little line here because, you know, it's speaking to the creed. Something that we've gone over recently is the creed. And here we can see that divine authority that Jesus shares with the Lord. Uh, then later on, we hear a very familiar, uh, very, very familiar line that Peter says. And Peter says to them, repent. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, we've heard this before from John the Baptist who came before Christ and who baptized Christ. You know, it's repent. Prepare yourself for the way of the Lord. And now we've changed it. We've changed it to repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. I love this. This is a call to conversion of mind and heart in our behaviors and our relationship with Christ. And, and this is what's important is that not only do we, we change our ways, not only do we repent, but that we convert you know, we make the gifts of that baptism. And, and this week we're studying the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So that that, that gift of the baptism, we, we have to convert. We have to use those gifts. And, and that means that we're going to have this change in how we think. A lot of the gifts that, that we receive in our baptism are in our mind, you know, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel. These are all things on how we, how we think and how we view the world. And then we have the heart. Look at that. That one's a good one. Look at the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. Piety, fear for the Lord. Those are things that, that come from our heart, right? We have to view our heart differently we have to love God not fear God like punishment but fear him that we might be offensive to him you know we don't we, we live in fear of being a, that we could be possibly offending God we don't want to offend God with our actions so we have to convert we have to repent our ways we have to change our behaviors and most importantly we have to change our relationship that we have with God. How much time are we spending in prayer with God? How much time do we spend in prayer with our whole, in counsel with our Holy Spirit? I I remember I was like, I think I was in college and one of the sisters at my college says, Hey, Aura, maybe you need to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit. And I remember thinking, what? <laughs> Why would I have a conversation with the Holy Spirit? And she's like, "Oh my gosh!" And she was serious. And she goes, "Wait a minute. or I was, I was kind of teasing you, but you know, you need to pray to the Holy Spirit." And I was like, "No, what? <laughs> I mean, it's just part of it." And she's like, "No, no, you need to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit." And I think that's the fruit of the mysteries. You know, some of some of it is that we have to spend time in a relationship with god the father with god the son and with the holy spirit we really do it's it's that's how we get that perfect unity that perfect love um, with all three Um, and we do need to spend time that way and so peter is calling us in the first reading to repent and be baptized and to ask and seek for forgiveness and that we receive those gifts of the Holy Spirit. I think the gifts of the Holy Spirit is amazing that that has come up on the week that we're studying the Holy Spirit. Because from the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we receive all the fruits, you know, love, joy, wisdom. I mean, these, not wisdom, but uh, fortitude, courage. These are all things that, that help us and that show that the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. That having that joy, abundance, Um, others see our joy in our toil and say gosh how can they how can they be smiling during this pandemic well it's because we have joy in our heart we have hope you know so that is that is the importance of of you know, seeking forgiveness and receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we do. We have to receive that gift. It's not just a that it comes to the door and uh, we don't open it. We have to go to the door, invite the Holy Spirit in. We have to oh, accept this beautiful package that He gives us. And we have to open this package up and receive the gifts that are inside. And we have to use those gifts. It's not something that we put up on a shelf and admire. It is not something that we say, oh, someday I'm going to play with that or someday I'm going to use that. It's an everyday exercise that we must take part in, is using wisdom, using knowledge, using counsel, using understanding. Uh, and fortitude just just marching forward in understanding all of these gifts and just having them every day at work in our lives having piety you know so that we have this high admiration for God we have to we have to exercise that otherwise God just becomes well just another everyday thing and we need to hold that high reverence for him you know, we, we can't dismiss that. And it's the same thing with the having fear of the Lord. When we receive that gift from the Holy Spirit, it's, it's a gift that tells us that we want very much to be with God and we don't want to displease Him, you know. And I think that's the importance of what Peter is saying here. Peter says some one other interesting thing. He says, Save yourself from this corrupt generation. When he says save yourself... He's really saying, it's not necessarily your actions that are going to save you. It's going to be God's actions of saving you. You know, we have to remember God is the, is the creator. He's the almighty. And it comes down to him saving us. And so that's that fear of the Lord. We must receive his gifts. We must do good with his gifts. We must bear fruit. We must have love in our heart we have to have joy in everything that we do we must have that that insight of seeing Christ in everybody seeing God in everybody and serving everybody you know with that same happiness that Jesus did you know Uh, The last thing that Peter's uh, letter here in the Acts uh, does is that it mentions in the first reading 3,000 persons um, were changed and they were added daily. That there was this great number of people coming and uh, receiving the Holy Spirit. Uh, This is the power of the Holy Spirit, man. Well, the Holy Spirit does amazing things if we use it, if we call upon it, if we pray, if we work with the Holy Spirit, if we use the gifts from the Holy Spirit, it your our numbers will multiply, our prayers will be answered. More people will see Christ at work today just through a simple act of love, a simple act of kindness, a simple act of goodness, you know, our fruits. When we bear good fruits, others will see it and respond to it. So I think that's really interesting. When we talk about baptism in the name of Jesus, is a sign of repentance that brings about a forgiveness that Jesus announced and also imparts the gift of the Holy Spirit to each of the baptized. So if we've been baptized, we've already received them. And those that are being confirmed into the church, you're going to get an, an even another chrism on your forehead, another mark on your soul that says, I'm going to strengthen the whole, the Holy Spirit in you. I'm going to strengthen the gifts that you received at baptism. And I'm going to make it so that you can defend the church, so that you can go out and evangelize, so that you can go out and bear good fruit. So we have the responsorial psalm and I love, 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 love this sponsorial song. It's probably my favorite. I'm saddened that we're not in church and I can't sing it because it's one of my favorite and it is the sponsorial song um, 23 and I think what's important about it is that it's about a shepherd and so really this sponsorial psalm is talking not only to the first reading but also to the gospel and because today's gospel is about the shepherd and uh i'm just going to read that that really quick psalm for you because it is worth praying and uh, meditating on this week and it really is so psalm 23 it's a it's a, a wonderful psalm and read it in its whole but here in the in and uh, in as a response We are saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In venerant pastures, he gives me repose, and besides restful waters, he leads me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side with your rod and your staff that gives me courage. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. And I I think as we focus on the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit this week, that you have to remember that is all we want, all we seek. We don't seek millions. We don't seek the approval of others. We seek God. We seek to be with God. We seek to be one of His sheep we seek uh, to be shepherded by him we seek him to open the gate for us so that we can enter into his pasture so that we can be there safe from all harm and that is our goal and i think that's something we have to remember as we go into the second reading first peter second chapter uh, verse 20 through 25 I just want to bring to just a little schooling here guys is when we read uh the first Peter we're reading one of seven Catholic epistles and this is a universal message this is a message of uh, they're usually letters um, and they are to all of the churches instead of just like the paul letters the pauline letters um they really kind of always kind of talk to it like a church a certain church or a certain community you know like this community's all gentiles this community's all jewish um but when we talk about the these seven catholic epistles, we see that they're universal message so that the, they, they they these seven are any letters from James first James second James First Peter, Second Peter, and Third Peter, of course John, um, and then Jude, and those those are very important messages, and they are universal messages. So I was I heard a Catholic once, uh, an, a Protestant talking about it, and he goes, I don't know why they call it Catholic epistles, because you know other Christians read it, and uh, and it, that's that misunderstanding. This isn't Catholic, like a big Catholic c a capital c this is like a little c and this little c is saying universal message this is a universal message to all of christ's followers to all the church now we have to also remember just a little bit of a jab here is that he only wanted one church and so when we were studying the creed that one holy catholic apostolic church is what we believe is the catholic church because it's one it's universal it's for everyone right and so that's that's what we're talking about when we read first peter in our second reading we see that christ is always the foundation for our beliefs and and it should be not only our foundations for our beliefs but also our behaviors and we should model Um, Our lives after Jesus and how he lived and how he obeyed. He is the source of our salvation. So he is the very best at explaining to us how suffering is good. How suffering for doing good is good. Um, and so we, we, this is a little bit of Peter pulling from the Old Testament, and Peter does a really great job of it. He goes back and he looks at the Old Testament, and he brings Isaiah fifty three to his what he's teaching in a universal message. He's saying the he's re- he's, he's he's going back to Isaiah fifty three where which is the Lord's suffering servant. The servant is a steadfast. In, in in Isaiah when you look it up you'll please look it up Isaiah 53 the here we're, what Isaiah is talking about is the servant is steadfast hardships and obstacles around um are around the servant and in his path um, God is unfailingly provides strength and guidance so the work of the Holy Spirit is with the servant. All right? Because that's what's going to give him strength. That's what's going to give the servant guidance is that Holy Spirit. And so we're really seeing in Isaiah the importance of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So God gave the Holy Spirit, the Spirit. You now Remember, the ultimate servant is jesus jesus is god's ultimate servant and he gave the gift of the holy spirit to jesus and jesus gives it to us because he didn't want to orphan us he didn't want to abandon us without that because it gives us it provides us strength and guidance the servant must ratify their beliefs in their conduct and so it is with the holy spirit that we can make our conduct better because we're going to use counsel. We're going to use wisdom. We're going to use knowledge. We're going to use understanding and courage and piety, love of God, respect and high admiration for God. And we're going to do this out of a deep love, a fear of God. Right? So that's how we're going to conduct ourselves. And we see that in Jesus' behavior. You know, he was the ultimate. And it's not a question of simply following some rules and regulations. It's about conducting ourselves so that in everything we do, we replicate Christ. That we are like Christ. And the only way we can achieve that is if we conduct ourselves that way. And the only way we can conduct ourselves that way is by receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Christ is God's ultimate servant. We must model ourselves after him, meaning that we must walk the path of suffering that he walked. And, And I love that because Peter here gives some really great insight when, and let's, let's look take a look at that. When he was insulted, when Jesus was insulted, he returned no insult. When Jesus suffered, he did not threaten. Instead, Jesus handed himself over to the one who judges justly. Jesus himself bore our sins in his body up on the cross. So that free from sin, we must live for righteousness. So here's a great example. Somebody insults us, we don't insult back. Somebody makes us suffer, we don't threaten. Somebody hands us over to be judged, we go. We're there. We accept it, right? We don't fight it. I love that idea of suffering, is that we have to embrace the fruits of Christ's suffering in order to understand the importance of suffering. So that's our second reading. And then our last reading is the gospel. And I love the gospel of John. I will tell you that every time. So it's the gospel of John uh, chapter 10, verse 1 through 10. And I have to, I say this in class. I hope you remember me saying it. And at any time you hear Jesus say, Amen, amen, I say to you, the hairs on your back of your neck should really stand up. Because every time he says, Amen, amen, you should be listening. It's like, it's like a teacher going, <coughs> Um, this is going to be on the test or um, I I always think it says hey you yeah you I'm I'm talking to you (laughs) so it's really important every time you hear Jesus say amen amen I say to you that you listen to what he has to say the next lines are super important and they are so in John here he says this is what Christ is telling us he's telling us that um that we have to be shepherds, or that Jesus is our shepherd. And he gives us this really great shepherd um, visual. And we hear it all through the Old Testament, also a shepherd as a visual. And we have to remember in that time period, in ancient um, Israel, uh, they were that was a big part of life, shepherds. And so we we really have to hear what that is. And he says, I am the gatekeeper and that I'm the one who the the sheep uh, that can open the gate. And I'm the one, the sheep's voice they listen to. So the gatekeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice. And as the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out when he has driven out all of his own he walks ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice but they will not follow a stranger and they will not well run away from him because they do not recognize the voice of a stranger that's the first part of of this what he's talking to everybody about and what he's really what Jesus is really talking about here in today's gospel is that he's looking back at, at uh, the Old Testament in particular he's looking back to Psalm 23 which I've already read to you and he's looking back at Psalm 100 verse three in verse three of Psalm 100 it says know that the Lord is God it is He that made us, and we are His. We are His people, and the sheep of His pastures. All right? And then there's Numbers. Jesus is looking back. He knew all of these. You know, He was raised on the Old Testament. And he's, Jesus is citing something else here. And that is Numbers 27, verse 16 through 18, where it says, God would a, a, appoint the spirit to a man who shall go out before them and come before them who shall lead them out and bring them in he will not be a sheep but a shepherd that is exactly what Jesus is saying he's saying I am the shepherd He answers. So here's a great example. The New Testament is answering what has been prophesied in the Old Testament. Here in Numbers. Numbers is saying, hey, when the Messiah comes, he's going to be a shepherd. He's going to be a man. He's going to be a person who people will follow. They will recognize his voice and they will follow him. So here we are hearing it fulfilled in the gospel today. The last one is Jeremiah 23, uh, verse 1 through 4. Now, this answers what Jesus is saying in John today. He sa- It says in Jeremiah, and this is Old Testament, speaking to the New Testament, the gospel of today. In Jeremiah 23, verse 1 through 4, it says, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastures you have scattered my flock you've driven them away not attending to them i will attend to you for your evil i will gather my flock i will bring them back into the fold and they shall be uh, fruit full and multiply i will set sh- uh, shepherds over them who will care for them they shall not fear nor be dismayed, neither shall any be missing. This is what Jesus is called to do. And the best shepherd that we have right now all around us is the Holy Spirit. It calls to us. We know that voice. We know the Holy Spirit when it's calling to us. And it offers us, you know, counsel. It ha- it ha- helps us understand what god is pointing us to what he was driving us to go do you know we just have to build that relationship with him and so the second part of today's gospel you hear i am the gate for the sheep all who come before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not listen to them i am the gate So Jesus is saying he is the only way. He is the only way into heaven that you have to go through him to get to heaven. Jesus also says here, Jesus saves, that he has come to save his flock and keep them from danger and providing safety and healing wounds. This is an amazing thing. At the end, it says, I came so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And that's talking about eternal life. All right. Eternal life. That's the the bigger picture. We have to use the Holy Spirit to guide us to eternal life. We have to use those gifts from the Holy Spirit to be shepherd into eternal life. And the only way that we can get to eternal life is through the gate, which means through Christ. So those are the readings for today. I hope it was helpful. I hope that you can see the importance of what we're studying this week when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, I I wish you guys the very best week. I love you to pieces. I hope You have a wonderful week and that you use the gifts that God has given you and that they bear all good fruit. Have a good day, guys.